When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? Welcome in to the final pre-preseason episode of Shout of Buffalo Bills Football Podcast, brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. And you, right now, you can pair your favorite craft burger with your favorite craft beer by heading over to Tops. Tops has the perfect burger and beer pairing guide for you. Topsmarkets.com backward slash burgers and beers. Whether you are soaking up the final days of summer or grilling out before the football game, Tops has everything for everyone. We ha- uh, Tops has everything you need to make the perfect burger, beer combination. Check these combos out uh, on the website. Cobb Salad Burger pairs well with a wheat beer. Monster Munster Burger pairs well with a Belgian Pal Al. Pizza Turkey Burger pairs well, well with an Amber Al. And a Blue Cheese Chipotle Burger pairs well with the Brown Al. Um, head over to topsmarkets.com backwards slash burgers and beer. All right, Ryan, we got a lot to get to in a shortened episode. We're going to go about 30 minutes today. A lot to get to, um, you know, previewing this game here coming up on Saturday, getting into what we've heard, what we've seen in the last couple of days uh, in Orchard Park. How are you, my friend? Hey, I am doing great. And like you said, our last pre preseason show of the uh, summer here, it's winding down. We're getting close to uh, final roster decisions, and that's where this game really comes in big. Yes, I'm actually sending out a text message to the Shout Insider text line to let them all know that we're live. I haven't gotten to it because we've been rushing around here. I just put up the event page. You could see it in the description on YouTube and over uh, on all the audio platforms for our next live event, Ryan. We are so excited for this one. It is the grand opening of the Shout podcast at the New Wingnuts uh, on Millersport Highway, the new wing touch, the, the old Santoras. We're going to go live there 6 p.m. Uh, the start of the event, Saturday, September 16th, the day before the home opener. I cannot wait. Yeah, the atmosphere is going to be electric. New home of wing nuts. I cannot wait, Matt. They've been promoting uh, their wings on social media. I can't wait to get there and, uh, you know, have our normal 10 or so. Yes, the address is 1402. Uh, 1402 Millersport Highway in Amherst. Come out and see us September 16th. The link to the event page is in the description. If you go over in RSVP on Facebook, you'll get a, a weekly reminder and a reminder uh, right before the event. I'm going to get this text message out to our insiders. If you want to become an insider, text us at 716-528-6727 or hit me up in my DMs. Email me mperino at nyup.com. I've been in a giving mood this week, I've been giving out one month free trial. So if you want to get one of those, let's 
get that going. All right. I want to start with the bill. Let's start with Connor McGovern. I already see um, a question about him. And this is a very interesting development. Yesterday, Connor McGovern left practice with a knee injury, had a full leg uh, wrap put on, came off the field, seemed like he was doing okay. He was not a participant in practice today, Ryan, and Sean McDermott was asked about that beforehand, and he said it's too early to tell like how serious this is to, to, to kind of figure out a timeline. So right now, Connor McGovern out of the mix. Really bad timing with the opener here coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah, definitely, you know, bad timing in terms of the severity. You never know. I know he told a, another Buffalo reporter post-practice he wasn't too concerned with the injury, but the fact that he's out today, the fact that Sean McDermott kind of said, we don't know the extent of it. Uh, sometimes you might think you're okay, and then you get some testing done. So you kind of have to wait and see here. Bad timing because the Bills have been really trying to gel this first team. Uh, offensive line has been obviously in the mix next to Deion Dawkins all summer getting used to that, having uh, Mitch Morse next to him. So, you know, depending on the severity of the injury, Matt, they got to kind of figure out what's next for them. Uh, is it David Edwards? Is it Ryan Bates? Uh, is it someone that we're not considering? I think those are the two popular names, the most realistic names personally, but the timing obviously is not ideal with week one right around the corner. Right. And you don't want to overreact to this. Um, I think it would, maybe if it was a little bit more serious, you'd have a quicker kind of timeline uh, or, or status report. You might get a week-to-week designation on Connor McGovern. So we'll kind of play that by ear. But in the meantime, talking about some of the options behind him, this is why they went out and got a veteran like David Edwards to bolster their interior offensive line depth. You mentioned Ryan Bates. It definitely seems like they're trending in a direction where um, Osiris Torrance is going to win that right guard job. So if that's the case, now you have options over there at left guard to your point. And I think Ryan Bates, going back a couple of years, Ryan, some people thought he might be better served to play left guard when he was forced back over to the right side with Roger Saffold in the mix. So they're going to probably throw a lot of different uh, things out there on Saturday. They are going to play the starters, and we could kind of pivot off of that a little bit into, into that conversation. But I think it's also provides maybe an opportunity for a guy that hasn't had a lot this summer, and that's Ike Butker a guy that they really they know very, very well. He's now kind of been dropped down in the depth chart order and you know, tr- trying to work his way back. But when you got guys like Bates, Edwards, who started in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, um, you signed McGovern to the big deal, you drafted Torrance, there's just a lot of pieces in front of him. And even a guy like Nick Broker, Ryan, they spent a – seventh round draft pick on him this year. Ike Bucker is a former UDFA. He started for them. He, they, they know what he can do, but it's almost in a lot of ways. Like Ike Bucker is kind of fighting Nick broker, maybe even for that practice squad spot. Yeah, that's just it. This team has so much depth right now in terms of the interior of the line. So, uh, talking about the injury to McGovern, whatever it may be, I think the bills are, are in a good spot there in terms of making sure that they have other options, but you're right. It knocks some of these other guys that have been regular uh, depth players for this team into a spot where Saturday's game is big for them. It's a big game for an Ike Butker who uh, has a lot of starts under his belt, a lot of reps under his belt, practice reps, this, that, and the other. So, you know, the, the Bills do have a lot of depth, at least at that spot. So you, you feel good about it, depending on the severity of this injury. You're hoping McGovern's 
Um, it's a day-to-day type of designation. We'll learn more about that here, I'm sure, in the near future. But the Bills are at least in a good spot there. And then, like you said, not only are they deep in terms of their 53-man roster, they have some serious options like Nick Broker and Ike Butker, possibly, uh, for their practice squad. So that is definitely a position of strength if there was one positive to take out of this. So it's going to be good on good, Ryan. Uh, Bear starters will play on Saturday versus the Bills. Um, they don't know how many snaps it's going to be, but Justin Fields will play. Josh Allen and the Bills starters will also play. So we're going to get a chance to see one more um, litmus test, if you will, for, for this start. Now, on the defensive side of things, Tremaine Edmonds has actually been out of practice for a couple weeks for the Bears, I read about today. And so I don't know if we'll get a chance to see Josh Allen go up against the guy that he was drafted in the same round of the same draft with. I mean, that would have been a kind of a fun storyline. But let's get into the starters playing and what that means because Sean was asked about that today, and he said, listen, from preseason and preseason – it's a different approach. It, it depends on where you're at when these games are being played. And he said that right now, the best thing for this team is for the starters to go out and play a couple more snaps. And I think coming off of a week where you have 12 first half penalties, I mean, I don't know if you want to flip that forward and go into the opener against the Jets with that bad taste in your mouth as good of a week of practice as I think that they had. I mean, it was a little shaky on Tuesday, but I thought Wednesday was maybe the most put-together, high-tempo, operationally sound, um, productive practice the Bills have had maybe all summer, right? Yeah, and you know, you said it, the bad taste in the mouth. Not so much even the execution or the, the fact that they couldn't uh, necessarily put up some points with that first team. It's, it was the penalties, the pre-snap penalties, the undisciplined penalties. Sean McDermott wants to probably get that cleaned up before the regular season, and getting the starters out there. He did not say how long they were going to play. So it could be one series or two series. It could be an entire quarter. Uh, It might just kind of go with the flow of the game and how effective they look. If Josh Allen and company come out and they march down the field for 75 yards and a touchdown, they could call it a day. If they struggle and have those penalty issues, it could be longer than that. But it's good to kind of finish the preseason on a high note. And you mentioned Sean McDermott saying every year it's a little bit different. You know, for every team, it's a little bit different. You look at a a team like the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and and the fact that he's generally playing in the preseason every year. Um, Bills fans are, you know, rightfully concerned about injuries that could take place. But the same kind of injuries can happen in a regular season too. The Bills kind of have to just go out there put their best guys on the field, try to execute in this last preseason game to end on a high note, feel good about rolling into week one against the Jets on the road. Yeah, and I think that um, you want to be at a place where you also give your players some confidence going into the regular season. Like, to go in, forget like the the bad taste in your mouth or the look, uh, the, the way that it looked. Like, you want to be able to go into week one and like you're converting at a high level, not only in practice, but when it means something. And I almost feel like you almost want to run them out there against the bears because defensively, I I don't know if that's um, as good of a group as you, as you faced a week ago in the Pittsburgh Steelers. So maybe the opportunity to develop some uh, confidence 
uh, flipping forward into the next week. All right, where do you want to go next, Ryan? Because I I, I texted out, almost said I tweeted out, uh, to the insiders. Uh, if you have any questions, let us know. If you want to become an insider, text us 716-528-6727. Yeah, I think maybe we go next to who has the most to gain or lose on Saturday in this game, Matt. I like it. Uh, let's start with the most to gain, and I will bring up Andy Isabella. And I think that you might be sitting there saying, well, hasn't he already gained a lot already? And I, I do think that he has gained a lot. I think he's turned this into a really interesting situation on the other side of this game when the Bills have to figure out, do you keep, keep six receivers? Do you keep Isabella over uh, Justin Shorter or over a Khalil Shakir, two guys that you've invested draft capital in, uh, fifth-round draft picks in consecutive years? Or do you risk it in, although he's a kind of, Fun story, brings a little bit of energy into the room, um, has made some plays. I think his quickness, his elusiveness, it's you know tangible. Do you just try to get him to the practice squad as a vested veteran, handshake kind of deal saying, listen, we want to get you guys into the mix, but we also, we want to get you into the mix, but we also have a numbers problem. And you know, you'll like what you've seen here. Like a lot of veterans come over to Buffalo and kind of like the offense playing with Josh Allen and just say, Hey man, just keep learning the system. Keep uh, performing in practice, wait for your opportunity. And, and you'll go from there. Maybe he had such a good training camp uh, preseason that somebody comes calling and he gets an opportunity. He wants to go see that out. Uh, but I think that if he has another big game, no matter if it's in Buffalo or elsewhere, Ryan, big opportunity for Andy as well. Yeah, huge game and opportunity for Isabella. We've already talked about the fact that he came in during training camp, made a quick first impression, uh, has really worked his way up the depth chart, has been used on special teams as a gunner and on returns. They're utilizing him in multiple ways, which obviously helps his chances of making this roster or being a part of this team in 2023. And, you know, you mentioned the fact that he is a vested veteran. He doesn't have to go through the waivers uh, after cutdowns. You know, so the Bills could have, one, a handshake deal saying we're cutting you now so we can get some procedural moves done, moving guys to the uh, injured reserve, getting them on certain lists, and then we can re-sign you or we can sign you to our practice squad and, you know, we'll elevate you. We want to get you out there. It's an interesting dilemma because, you know, they, they could go with five, six, or seven receivers, depending on how the other positions kind of shake out. But Isabella has done so much in such a short time that, you know, he deserves a tip of the, the cap, so to speak, to even have himself in this conversation. For me, Matt, let me I'm just, go one, before you yeah. go to the next one, I just wanted to uh, kind of shoehorn one thing note into this one. And it's somebody that would also be in this category of like something to gain. Khalil Shakir hasn't practiced all week. Mm. Uh, he's dealing with some rib soreness. And I think that comes at a really bad time. But at the same, on the same token, you know what you have in the player. This is a developmental player that, you know, did some things last year, came into the uh, spring and the summer with high expectations. And I don't know if it's necessarily materialized. Something interesting, Ryan, like, Khalil Shakir was part of a draft class when Chad Hall was the wide receivers yeah. coach. Now with Adam Henry, I, you know, I wonder if that puts any additional pressure on King or on uh, Shakir, because it's like, you got Isabella who comes in here, learns everything really quickly, seems to be operating really comfortably in the offense. And then you have Shakir who's kind of been up and down. You wonder what Adam Henry is saying. His observation is of Shakir 
and what it could mean if he's not able to play on Saturday. It's rib soreness. Maybe he gets to a place where he can. But again, it, I would have put him in this category, something somebody with a lot to gain, but he may not play. Yeah, that's just it when it comes to hearing great point on not being one of Henry's guys. And, you know, Henry was part of this uh, new coaching regime. They bring in shorter via the draft. I'm sure that he had a uh, voice in bringing in Isabella, not the, quite the same as drafting a player, but interesting to note nonetheless. So uh, as much as I've been high on Shakir and I think that there's a lot of upside there, this was a fifth round pick from one year ago. Uh, it wasn't an early day two pick or anything like that. And you mentioned new wide receivers coach. So that could all factor into the decision-making. But for me, like uh, I was saying on the other side of the ball, I'm going to go with some of these defensive ends, Matt, especially now that we know the starters are playing. Um, and you're going to get some of these reserve guys in. The Shaq Lawsons, the Boogie Bashams, the AJ Epinesas of this team, all three of those players specifically have a lot riding on this game. Because when you look at this roster, you know Greg Rousseau is going to be playing a big role starting for this team. Uh, you know you're going to have Leonard Floyd. And then, oh, by the way, you know, in the last few days, Von Miller seems to be hinting perhaps at, at getting closer to the fact that he's wearing some pads now, the fact that he's wearing the helmet at practice. Maybe much ado about nothing. He's still on the pup list for now. But it sure feels like his return is is going to happen sooner rather than later. So you you whether it's four weeks after the regular season or whether it's sooner than that, there's three guys that you're already invested in for this season to play a big role. Now you have three other guys who have been, two of them uh, were more recent draft picks of this regime. Lawson was obviously a former draft pick of this regime too, left for a while and came back. But I think they're fighting, all three of them, for maybe one or two spots. And it, it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. Are any of them you know, put out there for potential trade bait? Are they? Can they get any of them to the practice squad? I think they have a log jam at defensive end, and it's going to be hard to keep all of those players on this roster. Indeed. Uh, question here from our good buddy Rick Rarick. Uh, Mike Vick asking uh, – was Mike Mike Vick at Bills practice today? He was, and he got to actually break down the the team after practice. The, they did a big wide team huddle. Vick was talking to the players. Uh, I think Quentin Morris mentioned that you know just about like finding your motivation, finding your you know a little bit of a motivational speech ahead of a really important game coming up in a couple of days for a lot of these you know bubble roster players. I mean Quentin Morris. You think that he's kind of like a lock to make the team? And listen, I loved hearing from him today. Every time I've had a conversation with him, he's been great. But there's a scenario, Ryan, that they can go with just the two tight ends. Um, I don't think that that's the case only because if one of those guys gets dinged, you want to make sure that you have somebody that is able to move into that role and, and Quentin Morris play special teams. So I think he's pretty safe. But, you know, crazier things have happened. And, and knowing how much Knox and Kincaid are going to play, um, that could be something that's pretty interesting. But Vic... Coming off the field, it was like a – you would have thought Justin Bieber walked into that thing. You know, every all of the Bills players after the uh, the team huddle were trying to get pictures with Mike Vick. I mean, really an icon back in the day. I mean, we, Quinn Moore was ta- Morris was talking about playing with him in Madden, and I and I mentioned to him, like, that's kind of cool. Like, you played with Mike, with Mike Vick all those years ago as, like, this dominant Madden player, and now the next generation – of kids that might be in your shoes someday are playing with Josh Allen in the same kind of way, like kind of like a cheat code type of thing. One of the reasons why he got that uh, mad cover. It was, it was a, it was a pretty cool afternoon. 
Yeah, and that's, I'm sure, a surreal experience for those players. Like you said, he was kind of like a video game cheat code. He was one of those players that you would go onto YouTube and watch his highlights from college and the pros. So even if some of these younger players didn't get to see him play in his career or get to play those older Madden games, they're obviously very familiar with his game. And I'm sure that was kind of a cool moment for many of them, you know, just in terms of Mike Vick, the football player. Um, next up for most to gain, um, I want to get it. Well, before we do that, let's do uh, a little bit more of the injury roundup because it's going to be interesting how the bills navigate the quarterback position, Josh Allen starting, you know, in a way it's good because otherwise Kyle Allen would probably have to play the whole game. Matt Barkley's dealing with an elbow injury. Uh, his availability for Saturday is very much up in the air. So you have that situation playing out could be a very heavy, uh, workload for for Kyle Allen on on Saturday Jordan Mims at running back had some type of mouth situation happening um in practice yesterday um where it was kind of towards the end of practice um didn't return and then he missed practice today so he's another guy I mentioned Shakir uh obviously McGovern is somebody that uh has been a pretty banged up um some guys kind of like banged up here Ryan going into a very important game for, for a lot of them. Yeah. And, and, you know, the quarterback specifically with Barkley, if, if they even think there's a chance he cannot play on Saturday, I'm surprised they didn't bring someone else in because you want to, at least you don't want to, Josh Allen's not going to play more than a few series, obviously, but then you're only going to have one quarterback on this roster potentially. And, you know, they've had a guy like Nick Tiano come in for workouts, um, playing those developmental leagues. I guess it's still something that could happen, but you want to safeguard yourself, protect yourself in this last preseason game that you're not playing Kyle Allen too long if possible. But if Barkley can't go, that could definitely be the case. And you're putting your number two at risk for playing significant reps. So definitely something to monitor there with these other injuries. Linebackers a mess right now. Uh, you know, Terrell Bernard, Still battling back from the hamstring. It seemed like a good sign yesterday that he had his uniform on, pads on, kind of like in a limited fashion, didn't do any of the team stuff. But then he missed uh, practice today. So uh, I I am not hopeful that he'll be able to play on Saturday, nor am I hopeful that Dorian Williams, who's dealing with a calf issue, will be able to play either. And so now, you know, everything that we've been talking about the last week or so with a very lackluster MLB um, competition – it gets really just thrown into the garbage because you, you, you can't rep Dorian Williams when he can't practice and you're not going to throw him out in a game without kind of rep. So we're on the road to Tyrell Dotson by default or, you know, in a worst case scenario, AJ Klein, which would really be depressing. I think if you're Sean McDermott and the coaching staff, because everybody that you kind of vaulted into the spotlight in this competition from Spectre to Bernard, to Dotson, even for a a pinch back in the spring, Dorian Williams, none of the four will end up winning the job if that, if they go in that direction. And I just think that could be a bit deflating. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it. Listen, it is, you know, as much trust as they have in AJ Klein, uh, if he wins this job, so be it. You just mentioned the fact that they went into the summer thinking, okay, it, it could be Tyrell Dodson, Terrell Bernard. We'll put Balen Specter in there for a minute. We draft Dorian Williams, and we kind of flip-flopped him a little bit. But now it's looking like it could end up being Dodson by default, who's had a very disappointing preseason, or A.J. Klein, a player that won. Yes, he's been in the system for a few years now. He's very familiar with Sean McDermott from the course of his career. But he was sitting out there in free agency for some time before the Bills even brought him back into the mix. So 
you know, in their mind, I think they were probably thinking this is a depth piece. This is a veteran. This is someone that, you know, worst case scenario in season we can have on this team or practice squad and elevate. And now here we are just a few weeks away from the regular season and he might be their week one starter. So um, that competition has definitely been the most disappointing in terms of availability, in terms of how things could potentially be shaking out because our true competition never really was able to take place during the preseason. You know what wasn't disappointing, Ryan? A visit over to topsmarkets.com slash burgers to visit Tops's world of burgers. With over 30 ready-to-grill burgers, Tops is the place to pick the juiciest, most delicious burgers in town. From beef and turkey to chicken and veggie, you'll find something for everyone. Taste the flavors of the world with unique toppings and twists on the classic burger. Tops world of burgers, yours to explore. All right, let's explore... We talked a little bit about uh, middle linebacker, how things are trending in that direction uh, towards probably Tyrell Dotson. CB2 is up for grabs uh, on, on Saturday. And to me, that is the position that I am the most interested in. A little bit of a monkey wrench into this whole situation in that Sean McDermott is going to play the starter. So does that mean Tredavious White goes out for a series of two? Does that mean... They go off of the beaten path and maybe interject a Christian Benford or Kyer Elam to start. Is that an indication that maybe one of those players is, you know, vaulting himself up uh, in the competition? To me, I've never been further from Kyer Elam is CB2 since last year ended than I am sitting here right now today. And what a bummer that is for Bills fans. And because, and, and for Kyrie, who, listen, every time you hear this, him talk, like he sat down with John Scott. I just saw a clip of it. He put out a story on it yesterday. And you can hear the passion in his voice. You can hear how hard he's worked at this. And I think the, the real takeaway quote was that he never at a point in his life before the NFL, did he ever have a hard time playing football? And, and that's what it's been for him. So now... What is the path forward if he doesn't win this job? Because I I don't even know if he doesn't win this job, if he's going to be in a rotation. If they go rotation, it's probably going to be Dane and Christian Benford. And I don't know, Ryan, if you were asking me for who's my pick to win the job right now today, based on what I've seen over the last week and a half, I, I think I'm going Christian Benford. Mm. And see, and you've been there every day at practice. I think Dane Jackson's been very stable at that job. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if he rolls out with the starters again on Saturday. And then, you know, kind of by default is, is named that starting number two cornerback. But in either scenario, Matt, we have a situation where your 2022 first round pick is not even in the rotation possibly to play major reps this year. And that's a major problem. And you know, I, we've had Bills fans in the comments here saying he's only 22. It's only second season. I get it. He's young. Uh, but the when you draft someone in the first round and they're not going to play major snaps in year one or year two, that's a concern to me. That's a big problem for me. And, you know, I'm not sitting here saying they're going to trade him. They're going to move on from him. But at what point do you sit there and say, well, you know, we draft him thinking we could develop him for this scheme, for this system. It just hasn't happened yet. Uh, for two years now, he's been outplayed by a, a, a player that we took in the same draft multiple rounds later. He hasn't really given Dane Jackson much of a threat. It's a problem. And to Kyrie Elam's credit, when he came in last year, Matt, in games, 
I thought he played well. I thought he handled himself well. But this team, this coaching staff and regime is really hesitant hesitant to give him significant reps. And we've seen bits and pieces as to why with these penalties in the preseason, with the the you know the handsiness in training camp as well, where you have the offensive coordinator, Stefan Diggs addressing it with you. We saw it last year. That's probably at the end of the day the, the biggest problem for him. But if he's not playing a major role here in year two after being a first-round pick a year ago, you're starting to enter that bus territory, at least when it comes to his role with the Bills. Here's the thing on Kyer, too, that I'm not necessarily – I'm seeing some comments about him maybe being a trade candidate. And the reason why I'd push back against that is because you never know how this thing is going to go. I mean, Dane Jackson went out in week two last year which then puts you in a real bind. Like Kyer Elam, even if he ends up being fourth on the depth chart, if there's one single – I mean, Trey White's coming off still that knee injury two years ago, right? Like it, what what happens if he misses some time? And then you have to move Dane if he wins the job or Benford into that CB1 role, and maybe you need you know, Kyer Elam to be your first guy off the bench, and maybe that kind of experience and maybe trial by fire unlocks him – to a degree. So I don't necessarily think that if he doesn't win the job, like it's over. I do agree. Like he's very young. He's still learning the scheme. I think there's going to be a level of disappointment. Um, but he's, he said he grew a lot as a person from last year to this year, like compartmentalizing, like not having the success that he probably thought he was going to have in year one. And so I'm not, clo- I'm not saying this is a closed door move on type of situation. They traded up to get him. I don't know if you want to, now move off of that player. I mean, go back to Cody Ford, Ryan. Traded up for him, albeit in the second round. They they didn't get off of him until, was it year four? Was it his contract year? Yeah, I believe it was because then, yeah, then they moved him and or got, yeah, moved on from him. So you're right. That, those are all great, valid points. And let me also just say that Elam's been an outstanding teammate. He's just goes in every day, puts his head down, does his job. He's taking everything in stride and, and maybe it is still a level of comfort with the system that he's trying to kind of acclimate to where Benford and Dane Jackson had more experience with it in college. And then obviously uh, early on in the pros in the case of Benford in the last few years for Jackson. Uh, I did see some comments about Isaiah Simmons uh, early in. I know Bill's fans are like trade for a linebacker, trade for any linebacker. The thing with Simmons is he's probably closer to safety at this point in his career than he is to middle linebacker. I'm not sure necessarily that would have been a fit. No, seventh round pick for the Giants, so that's a good get for them. But he is pretty much a safety at this point in his career. He did not work out well at linebacker in Arizona. And for a Bills team where you're four deep already at safety, that doesn't make much sense. But if you're looking for any kind of caveat, Matt, it tells you that the Arizona Cardinals are open for business. This is a team that's probably rebuilding and, Oddly enough, somehow, some way, they have like the deepest tackle room in the NFL uh, with taking a top 10 pick in, in Paris, uh, having another outstanding starter there. But so now you have Josh Jones and you have Kelvin Beecham as your reserves. And one, you know, I'm not sure they would trade both, but one or both could be on the move. Uh, they're not going to risk cutting either of them, and they could probably get a day three pick in return, maybe a player end a pick. So Arizona is at least open for business, it sounds like. Yes, indeed. Um, we're open for business. You just got to text us. 716-528-6727. Two-week free trial. $3.99 a month after that. Become a Shout Bills insider. 
uh, on the text line. Uh, if you're really feeling froggy, DM me on Twitter, uh, direct message, uh, send me a note. Say, I want the one month free or email me mperino at nyup.com. And I will give you a special code that gives you one month free. It's a great deal, right? Yeah, can't beat it. We are enjoying uh, these interactions every single day with the Bills and Mafia. We definitely have our regulars that I know every time I open up that site, we're going to have a question or a comment from them. I'm always looking forward to it. Get in now, Bills Mafia. Um, Let's go one more. Uh, who do you think has done a little bit of a, a slant on the question that we just covered here going into this, this Bears game? I think we covered you know, who we think has has a lot to gain with a big performance. Um, if there's any more you want to throw in there, feel free. Um, who's somebody that you think has locked things down? I'll start it out. And I think Ryan Vandemark is a guy that no matter what happens on Saturday, I think he's LT2 at this point. I think you want to put him in the game if something happens to Deion Dawkins. And I think that his level of play potentially there is better than anything else that you have on the roster currently. And so I think... That puts him in the safe zone of no matter what. And I'm actually interested to see, like he said, like Sean McDermott said, starters are going to play. So they're probably going to want the continuity to send all the different players out there. But like, I'd actually like to see Vandemark get some like first team reps in this game just to see what it looks like. And if it looks the same against the first team players for the Bears. Yeah, I love that. And I put out a 53-man roster projection and, I had him getting released off the roster if they made a trade, but I noted he would make it as their uh, number four tackle if not. But I had some people saying, well, if they do make the trade, I would rather them keep Vandemark over Questenberry, which I love it. I love the pushback. I love the commentary. The I'm with the them, Ryan. What are you yeah. thinking? You know, the, the youth part of it, the development part of it. I get it. I love it. Questenberry can play a little bit at guard too, but they're also very deep at that position. So uh, love your choice of Ryan Vandemark. Trying to think, you know, in terms of guys that have locked it up, I think Osiris Torrance has locked up the right guard competition, even though Sean McDermott won't come out and say as much. Uh, I think that when I'm looking over this roster, Quentin Morris, someone that you just mentioned in a, in a previous segment, has locked down a roster spot. And you said the same thing. You think he's on it. I think he had an outstanding summer. I think he didn't probably get as many accolades or as much love because of how great Dalton Kincaid has been, knowing what you have in Dawson Knox. But if they're going to play as much 12 personnel, two tight end sets as I'm anticipating, you want to have a number three that's waiting in the wings. And you've also invested a lot in terms of the development of Quentin Morris, not so much from a draft perspective, but in developing him. And he has looked great uh, all summer. So for me, he's someone that's locked something down as well for this team. Shout out to uh, Sheila Atkins, one of our regulars uh, on the Shout Bills Insider text line. Love the interaction. He said, Ryan, I bet I'm the one you're referring to. Ha, ah, we've been, uh, we've had a lot of great dialogue. That's great stuff, man. I mean, it's it's really bringing us close together. We do these monthly live shows that also brings us closer to Bills fans. And uh, this is a, a new avenue that's been really great. There's a comment in here I wanted to bring up, Ryan, quickly. Here's a thought. Trade Spencer Brown for whatever and replace him with a bag of potatoes. Josh will be safer behind the bag of potatoes. Well, if you are going to buy a bag of potatoes, head over to Tops right now. They got a three-day sale right now. Thursday, August 24th, Friday, August 25th, and then Saturday, August 26th. 26th. Three days only. 49 cents for a homegrown sliced cucumber. Pillsbury brownies, 99 cents for a box. Check this out, Ryan. I'm buzzing here. 
Get yourself a bag of the E.L. Fudge Cookies. $1.99. Can you find a better deal in town than that right now? That is the cookie of my childhood. Three for $3. Chef Boyardee beef ravioli. $2.88. Bags of Doritos. The big bags. $0.88 cents for a two-pack of Elbow Macaroni. Get over to Top's Friendly Markets right now. The next three days, these deals are wild. Can't beat them, Matt. Dude. I think you're going to come in with some great, some great <laughs> takes on, on all those different opportunities I, okay. like that. I grew up as a big EL fudge guy. Now, let me ask you, was it just the standard ones with the elves and the chocolate in the middle, or did you like those rings with the, uh, the, oh, the yeah. cookies? So I like the, the circular above. ring ones the most. That was yes, my go-to. I like those too, but I loved the, um, the EL fudge had two different flavors. You get the chocolate inside or the vanilla inside. Mm. And listen, I like to play a little uh, El Fudge Roulette. All right, I put them on the on the rim of my ch- of my milk glass. I'd spin them, and whichever one fell in, boom! Put the, the put winner. the spoon in there. Take it, take it a little bite. It's awesome. One more person I want to talk about before we get out of here: AJ Apinesa. A lot of work to do on Saturday, and I don't know if I'm there yet. We had a we we talked about him being a cut candidate a couple weeks ago, and people were in their feelings about it. If they keep, I think they're going to keep 10. And I think Bond's going to go on pop. But he is trending up. Are they going to keep 11? Are they going to cut Sha- Shaq Lawson? I think Shaq Lawson's been better than AJ Epinesa this summer. I think he was better than him last year. Yeah. What do you do? How much does he have to do on Saturday? I think a lot. I think that he has been a player that has flashed at times. He had a few good practices over the summer. He had six and a half sacks last year. But you go back and you rewatch some of the sacks and they were, you know, 20 seconds before halftime when a quarterback's just trying to make something happen and breakdowns here and there. It just hasn't come together for him for whatever reason. And you, you look at Shaq Lawson, who post Von Miller's injury, and, and I get Russo is dealing with an injury to it at some point. I thought he was one of the more stable defensive ends after Von Miller's injury. And, and do you really want to move on from that? just because you drafted this this guy in Epinesa a few years ago in the second round. I don't know. I don't know if that's the way they're thinking right now. And you have Boogie Basham, another guy that has a lot to prove uh, on Saturday, coming off of a nice performance, coming off of a strong preseason. But these are guys that uh, you drafted in Epinesa and Basham to be impact players, and neither of them have come close to that to date. And now it's starting to get interesting with veterans like Shaq Lawson and you know, Kingsley Jonathan didn't do enough this summer to push any of those guys off the roster, but he had a strong preseason game. and He's someone I anticipate being on the practice squad. So you have some young guys in the mix that you want to develop further. You have some older guys on this team that you want to find a role for. And all of a sudden you just have Epinesa and Basham uh, kind of sitting there and like almost having to pick or choose one or the other hypothetically. Um, PJ. Guy. Buddy. Friendo. Matt was way too excited about that fudge, LOL. Well, PJ, that sounds like somebody that's never had an EL fudge cookie. And that sounds like a you problem, my friend. I'm just kidding. Uh, that was a crazy segment. Segment. I'm sorry that I ate cookies back in the day with a spoon. I didn't like dipping my fingers in them. You know, I listened to my mother. Never put your fingers in your mouth. And if you put your fingers in the milk, then you're putting your fingers in your mouth because you're going to eat the, drink the milk and eat the cookies. Come on, guys. Like, let's, let's be sanitary, please. All right, he's Ryan Talbot. I'm Matt Perino. This is getting out of control. 
Um, I am not going to be in Chicago this weekend. I had a couple of prior commitments that will not allow me to travel. But we will have you covered the same way. We cover games uh, from home all throughout COVID. So Ryan and I will be live after the show, after the game to break it all down. We'll see you on Saturday. Saturday. Enjoy that last preseason game. Say goodbye to it as it as it goes away for another year. Take care, everybody.